Coming up on Stew Does America, Joe Biden has a VP to pick, or at least we're going to tell him he does, so he still feels like he might be the nominee. The NFL has a new proposal so ridiculously woke that it embarrasses Colin Kaepernick. And Pearl Jam has put Greta Thunberg in their latest video, which is the only possible action left on the planet that could make Eddie Vedder more annoying. Watch the show for free every day. Just go to YouTube and search for Stu. I'll be the first one there. When you arrive, click the bell and select all notifications, please. And comment, rate, and review on iTunes and wherever you can. Honestly, even if it means taking a spray paint can to a local bridge, it's fine. Plus, today is the very last day to get your $30 off at blazetv.com slash stew. Make sure to use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll get that 30 bucks to spend at all of those places you're totally allowed to go out to now. Stew does America. Imagine, if you will, you ask a girl to the prom and she says yes. Then, as you're about to put your tux on, you realize all your friends are betting on whether she'll actually blow you off before it starts. And then, despite the fact that you're lining up your cummerbund, they still only think there's an 80% chance she'll go to the prom with you. Huh? You'd probably be wondering, what do they know that I don't? This is the story of the Democratic nomination of Joe Biden. Let's take a quick look at the predicted markets. Uh, Biden is at 81%, not to win the presidency, but to win the Democratic nomination. Hillary is at nine inexplicably, Cuomo at three, Bernie two, Kamala one. Uh, People can answer a poll however they want, but this is people putting their money where their mouth is. Your bank account is probably paying you like 1% annually on your money right now. Anyone out there can go now to predict it and bring in a 25% return on investment in the next three months by buying the Biden contract at 80 or 81. That is if he's the actual nominee. I mean, there's no one else even in the race. But who can blame them for not picking up that opportunity when you're seeing this kind of stuff from Democratic spokespeople? There's a real possibility that the convention does not happen or it happens in a virtual sense. Is that correct as of today? Well, first of all, our convention has to happen because we um, are not officially nominating Joe Biden in order to take Donald Trump. So our convention is happening. You're not you're not officially nominating Joe Biden. I feel like that's breaking news. No, I mean, it may have been a Freudian slip, but how can you blame her? I mean, honestly, I'd be thinking about replacing my candidate, too, when every time he goes on television, stuff like this happens. This is not a moment for excuses or deflections or blame game. We're 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 we're, it's we're in the middle of a pandemic that had cost us more than eighty five thousand jobs as of today. That's true. Lives of millions of people, millions of people, Hmm? millions of jobs. What? You know, and we're in a position where, you know, we just got new unemployment insurance this morning. uh, Numbers. Thirty six five million claims since this crisis began. Look, this is bipartisan. We all feel this. Democrats feel it, too. And they have no idea what to do. They can't honestly tell you that he should be president. They can't honestly tell you to vote for him. I mean, the candidate himself can't even tell you to vote for him. 
Well, I think they should vote their heart. And if they believe Tara Reid, they probably shouldn't vote for me. I wouldn't vote for me if I believe Tara Reid. <laughs> Good advice. It's going to be hard to convince people to vote for you who believe you're essentially a rapist, even Democrats. Hmm. I mean, sure, they'll go to your movies and they'll take your donations, but they're not going to vote for someone who has a credible rape allegation against them, right? So what is the case for Biden at this time? Is there even a case for Joe Biden at this point? Joe Biden, the candidate for you, assuming you don't think he assaulted that lady. If you're a Democrat, I mean, I know you have plenty of reasons you don't want Trump to be president, but what is the argument for Biden to win? Vote Joe Biden. Don't worry. Remember, he didn't ask you for his gym bag. Kind of works, I guess. The truth is that Biden is running without running. He's invisible by design. He's the presidential equivalent of the deadbeat dad who goes out to, for milk and doesn't come home for months. And then on your early November birthday, he shows up with a 19-year-old waitress and card that smells like bourbon. And noticeably, no milk. Where's the milk, dad? Every bowl of Captain Crunch is ripping up the roof of my mouth. I need a Crunchberry softening agent. Biden is attempting to run as the unnamed Democrat. Before every election, they poll voters and ask, do you want, in this case, Donald Trump or the unnamed Democrat? And the unnamed Democrat usually does pretty well. Why? Well, because they don't have any flaws. People fill in their vision of the ideal Democrat and blindly hope against hope that this imaginary person will be running. You know, then they see who the named Democrats are and they swerve their speeding car into the nearest bridge abutment. The Democrats are trying to get into the White House by hiding their candidate. They want voters to see the name Joe Biden and think of anyone else other than Joe Biden. And honestly, that's smart. I wouldn't say this show is exactly filled with compliments for Democrats, but this is absolutely their best bet. Tiptoe through the election like you're the Grinch stealing Christmas trees from Whoville and hope there are no Cindy Lou Who's around. It's not exactly an inspiring argument, but it's better than the alternatives. Put your finger on the lever and vote for Joe Biden and he'll keep his finger away from you. But just because Joe Biden is a terrible candidate that just might be guilty of sexual assault doesn't mean this strategy won't work. At the very least, there aren't signs of it not working yet. He leads in almost every poll with an average lead of about six points since the beginning of the year. Even if you take the average from the beginning of 2019, Biden still leads by six. As Harry Enten summarized, the steadiness in the polls is record breaking. Biden's advantage is the steadiest in a race with an incumbent since at least 1944. That could mean it'll be harder to change the trajectory of the race going forward, though this remains more than close enough that either uh, candidate could easily win. Obviously, it's early, and people are mainly focused on other things that we can't mention because it's Friday. But it's not the lead that's worth noticing here. It's the steadiness of the race. And this steadiness goes to Trump's approval rating as well. We went back to 1945 and looked at the swings in approval rating. What's the difference between the approval rating uh, for a president at their high point and their low point at this time in their presidency? It's about 1,200 days into the term. 
Harry Truman, 54, point, uh, between, 54 points between their highest and lowest. George H.W. Bush, 47. Carter, 44. George W. Bush, 37-point swing. Ford, 36. Johnson, 35. Reagan, 33. Lots of people changing their opinions through this time. Kennedy, 22. Bill Clinton, 22. Nixon, 20. Barack Obama, 18. Dwight Eisenhower, 17. And to bring us to our most recent number, Donald Trump, only 11. It's a record by a mile. All of the obsessive 24-hour coverage of every little thing Donald Trump has done by all of the media, and basically nobody has changed their mind about the guy. It's amazing. This is probably the right way to understand the election right now. Left or right, almost everyone has made their mind up on Donald Trump. And left or right, almost no one cares about Joe Biden. And frankly, one of the reasons that no one cares about Joe Biden is because almost nobody believes he's going to be the president for a full term, if at all. He just obviously can't do this anymore. No one is celebrating this, and it's hard to watch. And we all have to acknowledge, though, that what our eyes are telling us, what is plain to see. He is struggling in a big way to do the most basic things a president would need to do. And a lot of people are simply dismissing the idea that he could actually become president in their minds. He feels like a placeholder for whomever they bring in as VP. This is why I honestly believe this pick will be the most consequential vice presidential pick in modern history. And what he does with this pick will tell you a lot about how they will campaign and what kind of administration we could expect if, God forbid, they actually win. Before we go through this, we've eliminated all male possibilities because Joe Biden says He's eliminating all males from consideration because this shows his opposition to sexism or something. I don't know. I can't follow it. The first direction they could go would be someone like Stacey Abrams. Now, this would indicate that they are playing to the far left. The argument here is that Biden can hold down the middle on his own. And, you know, look, he, he, he does lack some street credibility with the Sanders wing of the party. You've seen some signs of this with his adoring comments to Bernie, his task forces with AOC. He's been looking that way a little bit. Another version of the same pick here would be Elizabeth Warren. Now, age of the VP pick will be revealing. If he picks someone young and inexperienced like Abrams, it's a clear signal that he's not planning on bailing for his vacation home in Ukraine after a week in office. If he backs himself with what is seen as a steady hand, and yes, yes, it's true, the left actually sees Elizabeth Warren as a steady hand. Then he's acknowledging that he recognizes people are worried about what comes next if he leaves office. Someone with the identity politics profile of Abrams also probably indicates that they're afraid of losing black voters to Trump. And it shows a high priority to fill, to, to, uh, fill the VP slot with somebody whose chief accomplishment in life is losing a race for governor. Another real possibility is someone like Amy Klobuchar. Now, she's relatively forgettable, mostly inoffensive, and far less risky than someone like Stacey Abrams. I mean, she's not quite as boring as Tim Kaine, the most forgettable vice presidential pick in American history. But, you know, she's not going to rock the boat. She comes from the same policy profile as Biden, and she isn't electric at all, so she's not going to steal the spotlight. If he's confident he's going to win, Klobuchar or possibly someone like Catherine Cortez Masto, senator from Nevada, could be the direction. Kamala Harris is probably the in-between candidate here. It's a bit bold and a bit safe. Plus, it will prove the famous political, ac uh, political axiom, 
The best way to get on the ticket is to accuse the nominee in the most public form possible of endorsing blatant racism against children. We all know that axiom. If I were Biden and I wanted to win, I'd probably go the Klobuchar direction. But I don't think that's who Biden is going to pick, honestly. After looking through all of the options in depth, I believe Joe Biden will select that squirrel who just got loose in his vacation house. Now, the squirrel showed her toughness when Biden stepped on her in the dark at 3 a.m. on his way to get a strawberry yoo-hoo. The squirrel proved her elusiveness when Biden chased all over the house and tried to get her, and she scampered upstairs. And the squirrel proved her reliability by steadfastly refusing to leave her nook above his upstairs bedroom. My official pick for Biden's VP is that squirrel who got loose in his vacation house. And it lends itself to the perfect campaign slogan. Joe Biden, he's got squirrels in the attic. We're all looking for ways to save money, especially now. When's the last time you looked at uh, how much money you're spending on car insurance or homeowner's insurance? Now's the time to check out Gabby and see about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in about two minutes, you'll be able to see the quotes for the exact same coverage you already have. I love the people at Gabby. I went through this whole process and you know what Gabby told me? I had the best available rate. I already had it. So I asked him, I said, uh, do you really want me to mention that in a commercial? I mean, is it kind of weird? And they said, yeah, go ahead and mention it. Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. But sometimes they'll just tell you that your rate is pretty good already. And when that happens, they don't try to stuff you into a policy that you don't want. You'll just have the knowledge that you're not leaving money on the table and they're okay with that. Plus, it gives you a warm feeling of superiority. Uh, they're never going to sell your info. No annoying spam or robocalls. It's totally free to check your rate, and there is no obligation. Take two minutes right now and see if you can uh, g- save money on your car insurance or your homeowner's insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash stew. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash stew. Make sure to use the slash stew part because that's how they know you like this stupid show. It's Gabby.com slash stew. I'm joined now by the young, brilliant, handsome... Pat Gray, host of the critically acclaimed Pat Gray Unleashed program right here on Blaze TV. Did you forget award-winning? Well, uh, critically uh, acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. Th- award-winning. Award-winning. Yeah. Pat Gray Unleashed here on Blaze TV. Thank you. Pat, yes. welcome to the program. Stu, thank you. Thank you for having me. First off, how's the cookie business going? Uh, it's going really well. <laughs> it's got, it, it would be going a lot better if we were completely prepared for this uh, <laughs> surge. Yeah. Because uh, we kind of were doing a sort of a slow startup and... Soft launch. It, it picked up, yeah. It yeah, turned into it, a kind of a hard launch that we weren't ready for, but did it's it. been great. Uh, it, like, and um, what's the website again? Tell everybody. It is uh, Scrumptious Cookie, with no S. It, leave off the last S for savings. <laughs> ScrumptiousCookie.com. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, by the way, I will personally vouch absolute best cookies you can buy. Just if, you, if you're in, I, it's, it's Texas now only, right? 
Uh, yes. Okay. In a week or so, we should be ready for at least the Rocky Mountain region, um, the West. Are you doing it by time zone? Is that <laughs> what you're going for? By, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll go there and buy the cookies. Um, <clears throat> I was just talking about Joe Biden. And, you know, I don't consider him to be a great candidate. Really? Uh, huh. I think he's been brilliant. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I can't think of anybody sharper. Really? This guy. Yeah. That's your analysis yeah. of the yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I am missing some, some seconds. We seem to disagree on that a little bit, huh? Yeah. I, huh, I listen weird. to Pat Gray Unleashed, but I may have missed these particular <laughs> segments where you praise Joe Biden constantly. Well, you know, I can't do it all the time, but uh, sure. yeah, okay. whenever the feeling moves me. I... <laughs> uh, my case is this is the, the most consequential vice presidential pick in history. Yeah. Because whoever it is will probably be president first term, right? Yeah. January 21st. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Um, And the only way I would vote for him is if Margot Robbie is his running mate. (laughs) Because I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, you know, know? honestly, I'm kind of with you on that. Okay, that that I can actually see. (laughs) Because he, you know, look, obviously, you don't want anything uh, terrible. Like, you know, there's a lot of terrible things that, uh, that I'm worried about when it comes to Joe Biden's health. Uh, frankly. Um, And I don't want any of those things to happen. Um, But I do see this as the Democratic Party looking at this and saying, our job here is to run out the clock and hope people are talking about other topics that we can't quite mention on a Friday. And we never have to worry about it until everyone walks into the booth and goes, oh, yeah, who's the other guy running? Well, I don't really like Trump. Let me vote for this guy. Yeah, that's the strategy, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And one of the was it the DNC communications director uh, just said, that they have to have the Democratic National Convention uh, in person because he is not the official nominee. No. <laughs> so. Yeah. And like and officially, he's not right. They haven't not. held all these. But uh, she, she made it sound like she's talking about he's not going to be. No, it definitely sounded like that. Yeah. I will say I don't know if maybe she just messed up um, because if you look at if let's just say for a second crazy idea. They decide to replace Joe Biden on the ticket. Now, I know with your opinion on Joe, that doesn't make any sense. It's a different world for you. (laughs) Uh, But let's just consider it as a crazy outlying possibility. Okay. he if they did it too early, there would be a real argument that we need to hold all these primaries and get people out to vote. And they might vote for Bernie Sanders. Which I don't think the Democrats actually want. They don't like Bernie that much. Mm -hmm. Um, They like his policies, but they don't like him. So if they wait until um, the actual convention, they can have this sort of brokered convention and it's going to be, you know, one of these things that looks like it's behind closed doors with all the smoke filled rooms and all of that. If he names a vice president and then he decides, you know what, for my health, I need to step down. It would be pretty natural for the Democratic Party to just go to that person even before the actual election. Oh, yeah. I think legitimately they yeah. might just switch because I think a lot of people are legitimately worried and they should be about the health of of Joe and his brain, because uh, that is one thing that they're pretty vulnerable to uh, is Trump making an issue out of his senility, which <laughs> you have to. Right. You have to talk about it. Um, he, he just did a thing. I'm sure you guys played on your show as well, where he was trying to say the numbers of the of oh, yeah. unemployment and the numbers of the coronavirus and whatever else he was trying. And it, he just couldn't get through it. He just can't do it. He's incapable. It's scary. It is yeah. scary to watch him. I and look, as a person, you know, look, Biden has run for president 1500 times and he's never been he's not good at it anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you remember him back in 2008 and 2012, even against Paul Ryan, like 
I don't think he did a good job, but he was on top of things. He pushed yeah. the pace. He was kind of guy, the guy controlling that debate. Yes. That's not the same person as today. He's always done things like, stand up, Chuck. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. God bless you. Uh, you're a cripple. I forgot about that. <laughs> Never mind. He's always done that kind of stuff and thanking Dr. Pepper. and. St- <laughs> that's actually my favorite. I love that one. Dr. Pepper. I love Pepper. that. He's, he called his somebody his butt buddy. I mean, he does all yes. of those kinds of things. But he's never been, you know, just out to lunch like this, yeah. like he is now. That's, I think it's true. So let's just say, what's your, what's your pick for VP? If we're doing a vice presidential draft, who are you picking first overall? I, I don't think she's the best candidate, but I, I think he'll wind up with Kamala Harris. Really? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the party would prefer Michelle Obama, but they just, I mean, and she'd be really formidable. Uh, that would scare the heck out of me if... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because then people would see the opportunity for her to be president pretty much right away. Yep. Um, and she's got, for whatever reason, an 80 percent approval rating. I, I don't understand it. Inexplicable. So she'd be the pick, but she just legitimately doesn't seem to be interested in it. Yeah. My, my question with that one is, let's just say they get past the they get past the um, uh, campaign. There's. Six weeks before the election or something ridiculous, eight weeks before the election and Biden, they, they, they're down by 12 and they realize this isn't happening. What do we mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. Would Michelle Obama step in for because I don't think she wants to run for president. Like, I don't I, I don't think she wants to leave Martha's Vineyard enough to go around Iowa for eight months. Yeah. But if you kind of yeah. handed it to her with four weeks to go and just like, hey, I'm going to make some speeches and then you get to walk into the White House. She Maybe. might she might do that. Maybe she might do that. Um, uh, if you have this idea of because Kamala Harris is an interesting one. She never really um, created a lot of passion behind her in, no. in her campaign. And, you know, she kind of seemed like on the paper, maybe one of the best candidates in that field and never really caught on. You can argue that that's not a bad thing when it comes to a vice presidential candidate. You want them to outshine the actual president. Is is that the theory? Are they trying to go after a certain demographic? What's the idea? Yeah, I think a little of both. There's identity politics always. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's already committed to a a woman. A black woman would Mm -hmm. be even better, right? Uh, According to Democrats. (laughs) I guess so. I mean. Well, I thought about this a couple of weeks ago. If a... If you were running for president, Pat Gray is the nominee, Mm -hmm. and you come out and you say, you know what? I just want to make sure everyone knows this. I will be eliminating all women from my choice uh, process here when it comes to a uh, vice president. I, I'm only I'm only considering men because I think that is it's I just think a man should be the vice president. Mm-hmm. I believe you'd be labeled a sexist. I believe so. So if someone comes out and says I'm eliminating all men and I will only choose a woman, what does that make you? Uh Hero? Okay. Oh, okay. It, is. it really it does. It does. It does. For the Democrats, it makes you a hero. I, I think we know that, and it's bizarre. Yeah. And there's always going to be that double standard. And we know that exists, right? Like we know, um, it, like there's talk, and there's been reporting since Barack Obama that the reason he chose Joe Biden is he wanted a gray-haired white guy, basically, yeah. a guy who would show that he was more experienced than Obama and not challenging to all of us racist voters out there like right. that was legitimately what has been reported the reason he took biden yeah it, it, we know that stuff goes on but at no point would barack obama have come out and said by the way i just want to make sure i'm only looking at older white men right now for vice president <laughs> like you don't say it he would have been done right. he would have said it He'd right be done you yeah. don't say it you no. don't say it. these are the things you're supposed to keep inside 
And the, in the Democratic Party, it's now we're, we're that far where he's even said he's going to choose a black woman or a woman of color for the Supreme Court. Wow. Is that the qualification? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Of course. No. Should not be. But no. it is for them. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me move you to something completely different. Glenn did a special last week. I think it was last week. Yeah. Last Friday where he was talking about UFOs. Oh, yeah. And the fact that the Pentagon is actually now coming out and saying, hey, you know, we're we're going for it. We're going to admit that these things are UFOs. And again, unidentified flying objects, not aliens, right. but unidentified flying objects. I, this is unprecedented. And to me, they kind of made it clear that they're from another place because this kind of technology they made really clear is not available on this planet i mean there is no one who could do the things that these vehicles did and and so from that standpoint it's really fascinating and they've never legitimized any of these videos before um so it's completely unprecedented and then when you see the kinds of things that the ufo could do like go from zero to 6,000 miles an hour in two seconds. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And yeah. pretty obviously not earthly at all. Um, what, do you, so, what do you believe on this? What, what, I, what, what, I don't really know what to believe. It's very <laughs> strange because uh, not to get into a deep philosophical or religious discussion, but I, I think there's other life out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is, I, they're created by the same God that created us. So I think they'd look like us. We were created in his image. I think they would be too. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he would allow some other of his creation to come here and experiment on us or destroy us. And clearly they could, but haven't. So they must not be, I don't know, to me they're not something to be feared because they could have clearly uh, done something nefarious by now. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, but of course, you know, humans are terrible to humans. Humans have done experiments yes. on humans. Yes. Um, so you got to assume there's some jerk in the alien crew, too, right? <laughs> like, there's got to be awful aliens as well as awful humans, right? I I suspect, yeah. I I don't know. It's, it's really tough um, to reconcile what this is because uh, a lot of it just, it, it doesn't make sense to oh. us. I don't know what they would be doing here. It, with that kind of technology, when you have the kind of technology that you can travel interplanetary, you're talking about, um, you know, light years, like millions of light years, probably at least tens of millions of light years. So in order to do that, you've developed some other technology that's pretty impressive. And I mean, what do, what do they need from us? What are they doing here? Why would you be doing that? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could guess Taco Bell. Like, uh, that's that would be my number they one. Don't guess. have their own Taco they don't Bell. Don't have Taco Bell, and they're like, okay. we got to get some of those gorditas. Well, that would be understandable, right? Because Taco Bell, as you and I both know, is delicious and so good and worth worth the travel. That's the one thing that I think unites America. Taco Bell. Yeah, absolutely. It's just Taco Bell. Absolutely. You know, and apparently the universe too. Yeah, we're now learning. I wonder if if their slogan then is not run for the border, but run for the planet. Right, uh, <laughs> and that's what they're yeah. doing. There you go. That's I like what that. they're doing. Hey, I mean, it's 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 worth it. I will say this. A hundred percent worth it. Uh, Pat Gray, Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, I mean, and you said we weren't going to get into a deep philosophical conversation. And then we did. And then we did. 
Took it right to Taco Bell, right. which is right Taco Bell. as deep as it gets. As deep as it really. gets. Right there. Uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, hanging out for the uh, for the weekend uh, here uh, before you get to your weekend. Uh, order cookies, scrumptious cookie. Oh, yeah. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Do that. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to watch more of myself or Pat Gray and a bunch of other great conservative voices, become a member of Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you'll save 30 bucks on the cost. Today is the final day of that sale. So get moving. We're back in a second. What you're seeing here is the new uh, video for Pearl Jam. And you can tell that they're an enlightened bunch, not a bunch of annoying rock stars, but an annoying bunch. Why? Because they're looking into the crystal ball. And what do they see? Looking up back at them, the fortune teller. Greta Thunberg. I mean, is there Oh, God, it's just, for a thousand reasons, so irritating and predictable and just awful in every way. Let me give you something that might be worse, however. The NFL is getting so woke, they are now having, uh, talking about a new rule that if you hired a, a, a minority candidate as your general manager, you would move up 10 spots in the draft in the third round. If you pick a coach, you get another six, meaning that your team can move up 16 choices or selections in the draft by picking someone based on their skin color. Because choosing people for jobs based on skin color is a really good decision that we should encourage. Just like we should have vice presidents picked based on their genitals, it's always a great idea to incentivize people to factor in skin color when making hiring decisions. Back in a second. We're all looking to escape the realities of the situation we find ourselves in, but can't mention because it's Friday. And without sports, what do we have to do except, you know, hardcore intravenous drug use? Unfortunately, my dealer can't leave his house either, so we've been stuck watching The Last Dance on ESPN. It's a 10-part documentary about Michael Jordan's uh, Chicago Bulls. Here to discuss is Dan Andros, managing editor of FaithWire.com. Make sure to check out their YouTube page and subscribe. Dan, before we get to basketball, there is a pretty incredible cultural moment, I think, happening with this documentary where ESPN is just airing nonstop F-bombs in the middle of this documentary on regular ESPN without editing them at all on a Disney-owned network. I don't remember having a conversation about this at all. It just kind of happened and we're all just okay with it. Yeah, I mean, what is the FCC doing here? Are they just like, <laughs> did they give up? Like, are they just like, eh, whatever. Um, and it's funny because you brought that up and, and I hadn't even noticed it because the way I'm watching it right now is I, I have YouTube TV. So I'm just subscribing and I'm watching it kind of like on DVR, like how it would a Netflix show. So it didn't it didn't quite stand out of me as watching like live TV. I'm, I'm watching them like later. So it didn't jump out of me. You mentioned it, it's like, my goodness, they're just why would you not bleep, bleep those out? I mean, is there just no editors? Are we, is this, you know, are, are, are they cutting back? Like, what's going on here? Like, I don't understand. Well, it. no, because I mean, I guess they are airing the bleeped out version on ESPN2. So you can get the safe version there. Oh. But they've just decided, you know what, our, our, our marquee network, we're letting this fly. 
Get used to it. F Because I remember when, like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and South Park started leaking out some swears and stuff. This is not those shows. Like, those are shows obviously designed for adults. This is a show that like, I would love to show my kids to show them how, you know, obviously Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. And I really can't do it. Can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, we're, we're becoming the uh, the Elvis shaking his hips people. I mean, this is who we are right now. We're <laughs> so true. We're the ones going, what's going on here? Come on. <laughs> this is what Jeffy tells me every time I, t- I bring up this argument. He's like, oh, the word police. <laughs> I got it. I, it's just more than anything else. I, you know, I watch all those shows. I watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And so I'm used to it on that front. I, I'm just surprised to see it in this format from a Disney network. But we'll, uh, we'll, have, to, if, we'll have to get back to that in a second. The, the, the documentary is really well done. I really have enjoyed watching it. It's 10 parts. It ends this weekend if you haven't uh, checked it out yet. Um, and it shows, I think, beyond a reasonable doubt that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe, Stu, there's a conspiracy theory here. Maybe some LeBron apologists are actually letting the swears run because I can't show it to my kids. So uh, I'm, I'm having to resort to compiling my own highlight reels on YouTube to show my kids how great uh, Michael Jordan is. So maybe maybe this is a LeBron conspiracy theory here. But yeah, absolutely. And everyone keeps saying like, hey, you're going to Jordan's going to look bad in this. I'm still waiting for the time that he actually looks really bad. I haven't thought so. He's tough. But uh, it seems fair to me. I, I don't I'm nothing of really strikes me as like, wow, what a horrible jerk he, he is. So mm-hmm. he just seems like he wanted to win and uh, and he pushed his teammates. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's really been well done and I've enjoyed going back and watching it. It takes you out of this moment at least a little bit and brings you back to that time, which, yeah. you know, we were like, oh, the worst thing that could happen is like an intern sleeping with the president. And like th- that, that's that's old timey compared to what's going on right now. Um, so <laughs> let's uh, we, we've. ESPN also put together a list of the top 74 NBA players of all time. I don't know why it's 74. Maybe it's at the anniversary or something. I don't even know. But the top 74 of all time. We're not going to go through uh, top 74, but we did put together our top 10. And you started with some honorable mentions here. You want to go through those real quick? Uh, yes. Um, honorable mentions. I've got Tim Duncan, obviously one of the great big men, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple championships and very dominant for, for a lot of time there in the, in the nineties. Um, I've got Oscar Robertson. I mean, he was getting triple doubles before it was cool. Um, I put LeBron James. This is my controversial <laughs> move. I've got LeBron James in the honorable mention category. I have lots of reasons for that. We can get in there uh, later, but another honorable mention I put in is this guy, Kenny Saylor. And uh, I'd never heard of him, but apparently this is the guy that invented the jump shot. The NBA would be a horrible <laughs> sport without this guy. Imagine no jump shots. Oh. Uh, well, actually, you know, you don't have to imagine it. You know what it would be? It would be women's basketball. <laughs> don't at me. Don't at me. Don't at me. No, you totally should. And I'm it's kidding. Worth it. I'm kidding. Worth, worth every, uh, every piece of that. Um, so, <laughs> all right, let's go with your number 10. Number 10 NBA player of all time is who? I've got Kobe. I've got Kobe at 10 and I love him for his uh, for all the obvious reasons. Um, but I put a big factor, a premium on clutchness. He had that. I I think he was a bit of a you know ball controller type, like a James Harden type. That's the only reason I lower him down. I think he was win dated with Shaq on his championships, three of them. So but he did win two, um, you know, with with a different squad. So uh, so I put Kobe in at 10. All right. Kobe, number 10. My number 10 is Oscar Robertson. You brought him up before. Here's a guy who did everything. Yeah, everything well. Uh, and it's not a lot of really bad teams and didn't get tons and tons of credit at times. 
Um, but as you mentioned, average a triple-double for a season, which, you know, he did. He was on the floor a lot that year. Um, I mean, you look at the – it's a really – the comparison between that that uh, that season and Westbrook's uh, triple double seasons are really interesting to look at. But that's my number ten, Oscar Robertson. Your number nine. Uh, my number nine, Wilt Chamberlain. Mm. Um, I mean, we know all the obvious stats on Wilt. I mean, the guy averaged twenty two point nine rebounds for his entire career, averaged fifty points for a season. I, I knock him down a few pegs just because. I mean, he was just physical dominant. He was a great athlete too. I think he would have been great in this era as well. But I mean. He, you know, the opponents were far and few between that could just match his physical stature so uh, and athletic ability, so I've got him at nine. Yeah, it's an interesting part of how to decide these things because, you know, do you match it by era? Do you match it by how they would have been in this era? There's always arguments yeah. on that. Number nine, I have Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, Olajuwon is uh, he's the most athletic big man, I think, ever. Um, he is, uh, his blocks record is pretty much untouchable. And, you know, he averaged... 1.7 steals as a center, steals for his career, which would be fifth in the NBA for this, a season right now. He averaged that for his career as a center. Uh, I think he's very underrated and was not a guy they fed the ball to all the time or his numbers would have been a lot bigger. You're uh, number eight. Yeah, and, it, and he had a quadruple double too, I think, one yeah, time. Um, uh, John Stockton, all-time NBA leader in assists and steals. Mm, that's an interesting He would be pick. higher if he had championships. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves as an all-time great. He doesn't. It makes me a little uncomfortable to have a, a, a white person here. It shows your racism, um, but that's a whole other story. My number uh, eight is, and I'm actually pissed that you put him lower than me, LeBron James. I thought eight was going to be uh, as low as you could put him. I'm, I'm proud of you for going out of the top ten. It makes me feel good inside. Look, LeBron is, you know, it. he's a serviceable player. What can I say? Number eight. He's serviceable. Yeah. I mean, he's serviceable and he's, but I mean, look, how can you have a guy? I mean, I couldn't have a guy in top 10 who's afraid to shoot free throws at the end of games. Yes. And uh, who just shrinks away when, when the, he doesn't have the killer mentality to me. If he had the killer mentality, the guy would have 52 championships by now, mm. but, uh, uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't. And he also named himself the King. I mean, there's so many reasons. I can't so many reasons. He says he's the best. When you're saying you're you yourself, the best player, oh, drives me nuts. All right. Number seven, Bill Russell for you. <laughs> Yes, I have Bill Russell. I mean, the guy won 800 championships. Uh, I don't know how you ignore that. So, uh, I mean, you know, Celtic great, all-time great. Got to put him in there. He was going against Chamberlain and, and, and lots of greats. So, yeah. I put him right there at seven. I have seven Magic Johnson. Uh, you know, you, f- you forget, too, with Magic, he missed several yeah. years of his prime with the HIV situation. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's hard to figure out how much you count those things, these missed years. Uh, but I had a magic at seven. You at number six have uh, Steph Curry, huh? I do have Steph Curry and uh, I don't like going with recency bias, but but I mean, the guy's hands down the best shooter in NBA history. A couple MVPs, obviously championships still has more to go. I don't know how you can't put him in the top ten. I had. Uh, if you didn't. I, I'm shocked. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I love. I, I love watching him play, but I don't know. He he's not a he's not an all around player. I wouldn't say he's a great shooter and he's a great ball handler and he's a decent passer. He's a great offensive player. Uh, number six, I had Kobe Bryant, uh, which is I think higher than most people would have him. Um, you know, I agree with you that he shot the ball a lot, uh, but he was able to shoot it a lot. It's not easy to do that um, and still be efficient. Right. Um, he had five titles, as you point out. I think there's something about winning it two different ways. With you know, kind of you can win it with a, being the number two guy on a team and uh, being the main guy on a team. 
Uh, and, and you forget, too, a great defender when he was actually putting effort into it. Uh, one of the best in the league. So Kobe Bryant is my number six. At five, you have his teammate. Shaquille O'Neal. I've got Shaq. I mean, what, the most dominant force in a big man era where he was going against other big greats. Uh, and he just dominated four chips. Um, I think he carried those early Kobe teams, even though Kobe was great. I think it was Shaq that drove that. So I got Shaq at number five. Uh, I didn't have Shaq in the top 10 uh, or Steph Curry, by the way, in the top 10. Um, Number five for me was Larry Bird. Now, Bird, again, had uh, some injury issues, uh, although he really never he still had great years every single year he played pretty much. Um, I think he's the best passing forward of all time. Uh, And I would say um, you can't even imagine what this guy would have done if the focus was on shooting lots of threes like it is today. I can't even imagine how many (laughs) points this guy would have scored. Uh, You know, has suffered some injuries, but an all-time great. Number five, Larry Bird. Uh, Number four for you. I got uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, the guy has the most uh, championships, uh, I think. Or no, six MVPs. He got the most MVPs uh, in history and all-time leading scorer. He created a shot that nobody could stop. So, you know, even when all the big guys were there, nobody could stop him when he was like 86 years old. So (laughs) you got to put him up there. Uh, Number four, I had Bill Russell. Uh, You know, and and Russell is, I think, probably the best defensive player of all time. Um, And obviously 11 championships in 13 years. And he was able to stop Wilt Chamberlain, really the only guy who could stop him offensively, or at least slow him down offensively, not to mention his rebounding was completely ridiculous. Uh, At number three for Dan. Uh, I've got Larry Bird, uh, so we're pretty close on that. I think longevity is the only knock on him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I mean, obviously I'm a Celtics fan, so I am biased. (laughs) But um, like you said, the shooting, uh, he would be insane. But but to me, he and uh, Magic Johnson, uh, who I have coming up, changed and saved the NBA, really. So I think they kind of get huge points for that completely there would be no nba without these guys and you do have a bias uh for uh, as a celtics fan and also for white people apparently um number three for me <laughs> sorry i'm just doing my media matters impression number three is wilt chamberlain for me yeah. now will i get your point here that he was dominant and so physically dominant but i mean that's how i think you have to judge people in their era he was that much better than the rest of the people in his era 50 points a game 20 points 20 yeah. rebounds imagine if the guy could shoot free throws uh number two for you is I've got Magic Johnson. I think he's the greatest point guard in NBA history. Versatile. He was the first sort of big point guard that could that could do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, with along with uh, Bird, revitalized the league. My number two actually surprised me. I did not think I was going to do it, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, he's the all-time point leader. Um, and you know what? He was the one guy I went through his entire career, could not find an excuse for anything. There was no, he didn't miss a lot of time. He did everything well. A great defensive player. Yeah. Um, the guy averaged over you know, uh, 25 points a game at 39 years old. I mean, that is an insane thing. You can't thing. ignore it. In the NBA, you can't ignore it. And he has the most MVPs, as you mentioned. He's our, uh, my number two, and I think both of our number ones here, uh, Michael Jordan, which is obvious if you watch the documentary, but also obvious if you have eyes. Uh, he's the man, and he will always <laughs> be the man, I think. I don't think anyone's going to be better than him. No, I don't think so. I mean, it is obvious. I mean, it was like watching poetry in motion. Um, If he didn't stop because his dad got murdered and he went to play baseball, I mean, if he didn't do that stuff, the Bulls would have easily won eight or nine. They might have won every championship in the 90s. And um, And they didn't need to end in 1998 uh, either. Krause wasn't an idiot. Yeah, they could have won longer than that. They could have kept going. No, I mean, Krause Krause was a moron. (laughs) 
yeah. All right, uh, we got to go, Dan. Uh, too much time on basketball, but, and we're out of time, unfortunately. But I could talk about this all day. Dan Andros, uh, managing editor at Faithwire, uh, got the YouTube channel as, as well. Thanks so much for hanging out and putting so many white people on your list. Back in a second. You have something like three hours left right now, maybe less, to go to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, when you do that, you will get $30 off. It's the biggest discount we've ever had. It's about to run out. Now is the time. Everything's melting around you. Run! Run to your computer and put in the information and such. We'll see you Monday.